This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Thinking Sideways is not brought to you by a severed head. Or maybe it is. I'm sure you've heard of this cool new subscription service called Hunt a Killer, the interactive investigation delivered to your doorstep each month. You should check it out, huntakiller.com. Their form of storytelling puts you into the serial killer's mind. It's like you're living in your favorite true crime series. They've created a fictional world for true crime fans. You actually live inside of the story. And if investigating isn't your thing, you probably know someone who would love this as a gift. As a special offer to our listeners, they provided us with a 10% off code. That offer code is SIDEWAYS. So go to huntakiller.com and enter the code SIDEWAYS. Thinking Sideways. Brought the aliens. You must unlearn what you have learned. I don't know. Stories of things we simply don't know the answer to. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Thinking Sideways, the podcast. I am Devin, joined um, most weeks by Joe and Steve. We're going to talk about a mystery tonight. Oh, we are. We are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know it's surprising. Uh, and I'm pretty sure actually this was a listener suggestion at one point, but mm. I can't find it on the list. So if it was, I'm really sorry, mysterious listener, for not being able to find you. But if it wasn't, yeah, take it. Yeah. If this I, is uh, on the list, you probably can't find it because it's misspelled. Probably. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was wondering about because I went looking for it too. And I tried mm-hmm. some different spellings. Couldn't. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well. Oh, so well. So sorry, whoever you were. 
Yeah. We probably would have misspelled your name anyway. Yeah. Or mispronounced it. That too. No doubt. So this week we're going to talk about this thing called the Markovian Parallax Denigrate, which, you know, I think we'll probably call the MPD. That works. Or, sure. Or the Mark Sounds like it's something out of Tron at that point. MPD. Realistically, I'm not going to say it too many times because it's just a mouthful. It kind of is. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I've been pondering the meaning of it all. Yeah. So the Can't quick decipher it. There's a quick overview here, kind of, and that is that we're going to talk about the internet or the pre-internet. We're really just like pre-internet spam. I don't know. I don't feel like there's a very primordial good... Primordial spam? Yeah, primordial it's, spam. It's I don't amazing feel like... how quickly somebody thought about spam, you know? Before yeah. The internet didn't even exist, and they came up with it already. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I don't think there's actually a really good short, you know, cliff notes of this. So do you guys want to just jump right in? That's probably the best sure. way to go about okay, this. Okay, cool. I will say that there's somebody in the middle of it, but we'll talk about that later. And this is often called one of the very first internet mysteries, which means that I've finally done it. You found mm-hmm. the very first mystery? Found the first internet mystery. Yeah, it's so early. The internet didn't really quite exist it yet. It wasn't really the internet, yeah. Yeah. Actually, so we are going to talk about this thing that's pre-internet. It's called Usenet. Right, that's how you say it, mm-hmm. right? Is it Usenet or Usenet? That is a good question. I've, I've, I've wondered about this for years. It was because mm-hmm. use, as in if it started with an H, almost use, mm-hmm. or is it Usenet? Use, yeah, I, I think it's Usenet just because that's easier to pronounce. Usenet. Ah. Yeah, so it was Usenet, was USC, was that a, an acronym for university something or another, or was it just use as in use? We're going to use this, net. Or did it have a use? Yeah. Another mystery. I so, so Usenet. What about Usenet? There's also useless net. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's when your Wi-Fi goes down. Uh, I think maybe it was the user network. Usenet would yeah. be my guess, but I don't. Please don't quote me on that. And if somebody knows, please don't like make fun of me for not knowing because I'm sorry. <laughs> I never saw it called that really, so that's why I was curious. Yeah, this Usenet or Usenet was created in 1979, though it didn't really. It was. It was like conceptualized in 1979 and then became publicly, quote unquote, publicly available in 1980. As with the real internet, Usenet was made for universities. The University of North Carolina and Duke University were the first early adopters of this system. And just for those of you who don't know, the World Wide Web, which is the internet is a weird thing. I don't think people conceptualize of the internet a lot, but the, like there are parts of the internet that we don't know exist. There's like quantum web and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. It's really fascinating. If you're interested in it, you should go read on it. But the World Wide Web is something that's slightly different from the internet even. But the World Wide Web took shape in 1988. Um, and that was like the first direct IP connection between Europe and North America. That's when that first IP connection was established, was in 88. Mm-hmm. So Usenet is about eight years ahead of its time. And granted, there there were some other kind of proto-internet network situations before then, dating back to, I think, the 50s even. ARPANET? Yeah, 1969, I think, Yeah, military or just like on-site local networks that were all connected Mm. to each other. Then, yeah, even before the internet, there was stuff like just you could call BBSs if you had a modem. Remember modems? Oh, yeah? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember thinking, man, how could they get any faster? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, no, I had a 300-baud modem, and I would dial up these BBSs and stuff, and I'm watching the characters going across the screen, and then I upgraded to a 1200-baud modem, and oh, wow! Oh, it was so cool. Yeah, uh, I remember yeah. the 
pain of trying to watch an image appear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and it wasn't even, you know, I was young enough, it wasn't even as if it was anything dirty. I'm on National Geographic looking at giraffes. Mm-hmm. Man. And Carta. Gonna take forever. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. For the layman, we can say that Usenet was just like a mail server. It was part mail server, part file transfer, and part kind of announcement board. That'd yeah. be similar to an early forum situation, kind of like Reddit or... Yeah, like the, the bulletin boards were that way. They were kind of mm-hmm. like forums also. So my re- real quick question, because mm-hmm. of course now you can't see images of this stuff very easily, but... Most of what I understand is it was purely character driven. It was text driven. It wasn't like today where there's words and pictures. Yeah, I'm there's no sure formatting. It was. It's just yeah. words. I think there just, sometimes they had like you know a bumper, um, maybe maybe a border around something, but I don't even think that. I think it was, it was like ASCII imagery. Tot- if there was imagery, Very yeah, much so. it was yeah. totally just text based. Okay, okay. Based. I just I was pretty sure of that, but mm-hmm. I wanted to double check. Just being as old as it was, I was pretty sure that couldn't be supported. So, yeah, okay, thank you, you probably could use like FTP to send some images, not huge high res ones, but yeah. But maybe. that would have been that wouldn't have been on the announcement bulletin board sort of situation. Oh, no, not that at would all. have had to have been file transfer. That's something you got to explicitly say. I want to transfer mm-hmm. this to my own. People. Ready? And, Are and you that, ready? Yeah. Are you ready for this incoming thing? Because it's going to take up all your RAM. Gonna, Let's gonna go. Say, yeah. Actually, it was probably faster at that point just to put it on the three and a half inch floppy drive and mail it to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or print it out line by line. It's hard. It's hard for our, our listeners who are all young whippersnappers to appreciate this. Yeah. yeah. The good news is I know that a number of our listeners are not. Not all. Young. Not all more that young. So many yeah. of them will remember stuff like this. All oh, right. Yeah. So old people, should we get back to the story? Oh yeah. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no! I was I was doing a little searching for the for information on this one, and I came on up, on um ARPANET. Uh, well, it just, and on the Markovian denigrate in general, and, mm-hmm. and and I came across this paper. It was an academic paper. Uh, they were talking about the relationship between Usenet and the DARPA and mm-hmm. DARPANET, mm-hmm. and because in those days Usenet was always trying to interface and interact with DARPANET. Mm-hmm. And ARPANET was DARPA always, or ARPA or ARPANET, I guess. Yeah, it would be. I guess it would be ARPA. Yeah. yeah okay. ARPA. So the ARPA, they would be trying to get an ARPANET, and, and 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 ARPANET was very very exclusive, very choosy for obvious security reasons about. They an ARPANET people, for those who are unaware is a packet switching network that was it was for the military basically. Yeah. For the government. Yeah, the advanced research projects. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and and so. Uh, this paper was it was hilarious because it was all about the relationship between the two and how it was uh, an example of like of, of sort of gender bias because to them the the authors of this paper who were obviously somewhere from like you know the 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 fever swamps of academia mm-hmm. uh, ARPA represented like the masculine and here was Usenet the feminine trying to get access and here was ARPA going uh uh-uh. uh. No, and, now, <laughs> and 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 just being mean for the sake of being uh, mean. And so you know, you mean uh, like it is. And today. this was yeah. and this was somebody who in one of our universities writing a, a huge freaking research paper on this issue of <laughs> ARPA being mean and kind of like masculine, yeah. <laughs> bully. So yeah. it's not a new issue, kids. So the trolls oh, no. have always been here. Always been here. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so and you know where there is electronic mail. Of there course. is spam. Naturally. Of course. And Usenet had a mail system and a forum system, which were kind of... Co- it's my understanding that the way that replies worked is it was kind of like emailing to the board almost. 
because it was connect your username was your email address basically yeah i don't know if you could like email somebody specifically back or if it just got posted publicly to the board it did but i think it was like through the email it's hard to really grasp out exactly how it worked yeah but what was really nice about this system is there were no links that you could click on yeah that so that's nice. a really great thing. Yeah. It's like, hey, your password is all messed up. Click on this link and give us your password nope. and we'll fix everything None for you. None of that. None of that. No, exactly. Yeah. So in 1996, uh, Usenet developed a unique spam issue, and it was spam on its news feeds in the comment section mostly. Comment uh, spam. God, comment the worst. Spam, but also on boards. Mm -hmm. News feeds were server-specific. So... The way that Usenet worked is that each each like little community had its own server, mm -hmm. but the servers talked to each other. So you would get if somebody posted something on like the everybody news bulletin, you could specify that that news bulletin would be shared on all of the servers. Mm -hmm. They would communicate and infect, kind of subscribe. Yeah, kind of infect each other almost, um, which is kind of what happened with this. Well, these, I guess. Uh, the posts were subjected Markovian parallax denigrate. These are the spam posts. Yeah, the spam posts. And the text of these spam messages were all different. They were, there were reportedly hundreds, like within just on one day. Just so kind of a giant. On attack. August 5th, yeah, that this happened. Um, most of them were subjected um, Markovian parallax denigrate, but. Some of them just had those words in them that people kind of attribute those to maybe being part of this as well, but mm. it's hard to tell. And the messages looked, sounded something like this. I'm going to have Appeared one. Appeared to be real words. They they are real words. Real random words. Um, so I'm going to have one of you guys read this thing. Okay. Okay, we got a Rochambeau for this. Oh, All right. Damn, I get it. All right. Okay, go for it. Jitterbugging McKinley A. Break Newtonian Infer Ka Update Cohen Air Collaborate Ruse Sports Writing Rococo Invocate Tassel Shadflower Debbie Sterling Pathogenesis Escrutar Adventitious Novo ITT Most Chairperson Dwight Herzog Differ Pinpoint Dunk McKinley Pendant Firelight Uranus Episodic Medicine Diddy Crag Flogging Variac Brotherhood Web Impromptu File Countenance, Inheritance, Cohesion, Refrigerate, Morphine, Napkin, Inlay, Gennaro, Nameable, Yearbook, Hark. Okay, first off, <laughs> you mispronounced Rococo. <laughs> <laughs> of all the things I mispronounced in there, that's the one you go for? Oh, well, there are a few others. Thanks, yeah, dude. Okay. okay. That was now, the one that really bothered me. And now, listeners, you listen to this podcast. Please, please take the and time. Hit, go back 30 seconds and listen to it again. Listen to it like five times in a row. Yeah, this is pretty typical Actually, for us, really. please, uh, somebody make that your ringtone. Yeah. You are going to confuse some people. Yeah, for real. So you, like us, probably immediately assume that this is a code of some kind. Mm. Um, Has anybody tried, tried to crack it? it? Let me put this on the back burner. I gave it about 10 seconds and thought it decided that's ah, not worth it. It's, I gave it more than that, but let's put it on the back but burner. But let's put it on the back yeah. burner. And an uh, we'll, we'll talk about it in theories, okay? Okay. All right. The users of Usenet, predictably, were the same type of people who are users of, like, reddit these days and predictably 
when there were hundreds of these gibberish messages spamming the daylights out of them, they decided to take action and launch a full armchair investigation. Does that mean they lost their minds? Yeah, I think they did. They A lot of them did. And just like the users of Reddit, they lost interest like within two days. Well, <laughs> this is not the sort of thing that really grips you and holds you for a long time. Yeah, it's yeah. not. Well, Which course, is why we're doing an episode on it. Well, of course... <laughs> Interestingly, I mean, for these guys, really, it was. You got to remember that uh, this was like probably the first mass spamming out there. So it's a new thing. We're totally used to it now. We just ignore it. But uh, for these guys, it probably was an interesting phenomenon. Yeah, I probably that just they got like, bored with. I think um, you know one of the things that a lot of people just assume is like, hey, okay, somebody's messing up. Something messed up. You know, mm-hmm. the way that that file got transferred to my server scrambled. is scrambled. So whoops. Oh well. But then when they started talking, they were like, no, 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 these things are showing up everywhere. And so they they were a little intrigued, but they didn't really get very far. End of story. Just kidding. Not quite. Ten years later and ten years ago from from when we're recording now. So even longer. The Internet was uh, had matured somewhat. It had become the Internet. Let's be honest. Mm -hmm. The Internet has never matured. Well, there is that. Let's be fair. You know, it's interesting. I can't remember the guy's name. He was like an academic type guy. And he was talking about the future of this internet thing, you know, that was going to come up with all these people. Mio Akaku or whatever his name is. I can't remember his name, but he was talking about what it's going to be like. It's just like to be all these, all these, these people that will be online. And because everybody has shares the same interests and because everybody wants to be there, it'll be a very positive community. And, I, I know and, who you're talking about. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? And yes. just, you can't read it without laughing. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Wrong. Uh, yeah. Sorry, dude. Yeah. That one didn't come true. So uh, 10 years later and 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. Our forefathers wrote. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Wrong, yeah. Wrong yeah. One. Uh, websites like, you know, Cracked. Cracked was pretty popular about 10 years uh, ago. They're still popular. They're still like pretty cracked. popular, but they were really popular then. Uh, started the trend of the list-based articles. One of the most popular type was like, hey, five Wikipedia articles to give you the creeps. Which Check hey, out this new thing. Number three is amazing. They weren't titling I, them like I, that, though. I know. I which know. was I'm, great. I miss those days. I hate those. What yeah. do you mean, miss those days? Are, are those articles still come up? Wait, are no. you talking about the, the number three will amaze you? Yeah, I miss the days when we didn't uh, have that. Oh, it's me too. Usually, when I mean, clickbait wasn't a thing. Yeah, yeah. Crack does not do that. I want to say. No, they don't. Everybody else does that. And You know what? I, okay, so can I can I just make a complaint real quick about the internet? Okay. What I don't understand you, is just that. Just one thing? Just one thing this is just the only thing i'm going to complain about at the moment is that i will see an article and i will think okay i'll i'll look at it i know it's clickbait and the thing that they are putting in the very beginning to entice you to click is never actually in the list oh yeah no i know i was looking at one of those just yesterday it was like it was like 11 NFL players in their fantastic, stupid mansions. You yes. Know? And they had this, this aerial photo, this incredible mansion that's surrounded by a man-made lake with these man-made islands. And, and it wasn't fantastic. in it. And it was not in the article. So dumb. It's, it's not dumb. It's annoying. Rain it in. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Uh, where Said were we? creepy Wikipedia articles. You know, the articles about creepy Wikipedia mm-hmm. articles. Uh, they're all creepy. Ask um, me. Included uh, one of them. I don't, and I wasn't able to find the original one, but it included the uh, Wikipedia page of uh, Markovian parallax denigrade. When you say you couldn't find, you mean the, the cracked list? That I couldn't the... find whatever the list that it was on. Okay, that it was got featured it. on. I'm sure it was featured on a number of them. Oh, yeah. 
the the Wikipedia page for MPD was deleted because there were, quote, no sources. Furthermore, Wikipedia states that the mere existence of this spam doesn't really mean that there should be a Wikipedia article on it. I suppose they have a point there. Which I guess is yeah. is fair. I'm sorry, I looked at the Wikipedia page. It was it was pretty bad. For, I've seen Wikipedia worse, though, and they're still around. So. Yeah, but those are usually self-curated pages. The ones that are worse than this are the ones that are, I'm an actor, and I'm going to write all about myself in the third person. Yeah. Until I get deleted. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so this Wikipedia article, was, as far as I can tell on the Wayback Machine, was created on September 13th, 2004, and then it was deleted finally on May 10th, 2009 from Wikipedia. I guess remember that date. It's very, vaguely important, maybe. Could be important. Five, ten, Could be nine. interesting in one of our theories. Oh. All right. And it won't surprise you that 7chan got a hold of this tidbit and decided to start digging. Mm. You gonna tell us about Seven Chan and Four Chan and all those? Yeah, guys? we're just gonna take a quick little detour on our tour of the internet. Okay. Seven Chan is kind of related to Four Chan. The Chans, quote unquote, there are many. Started out as Two uh, Chan dot net, which was an image board um, based out of Japan. Four uh, Chan was the Western version of Japan's Two Chan. Really. Mm-hmm. I had no idea that. Yeah. I did not know that. And I then, just stayed away from it. And then okay. 7chan is kind of... <sighs> 7chan is kind of the rival of 4chan. They have, like, civil wars back and forth, blah, blah, blah. Um, they choose 7 because it's a prime number? I don't know. They both exist on this kind of limbo area between the internet as, like, fear the government and stuff and just use our normal browsing and every once in a while incognito mode. Um, where we exist on the internet and where the deep web is. The dark web? Deep web. Well, so is there a difference between the, the dark and the deep? There's a, there's a difference. Yeah. Yes. So the chans kind of exist in this middle ground where you pr- for a lot of the content, especially if you're browsing, you don't necessarily want to just go... So don't do this at work is what you're saying? Definitely don't do it on at work. Although I will tell you that my place of work, I didn't know I was clicking on a link that was taking me to 7chan. (laughs) Check your links, guys. Um, (laughs) But I I, uh, was allowed to get onto this board and immediately was like, no, 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 no. Right. But there's a firewall at work that won't allow me to go into college humor. Uh (laughs) Doesn't exist for for 7chan, 7chan. apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Biden does the same stupid yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think they just assume, like, well, nobody would be so dumb to go on to 4chan and 7chan. They just never heard of them, probably. Yeah, but but just don't, I mean, don't probably don't do it at work. I, I mean, you know, whatever. Basically, 7chan is, like, pretty lax on the law following. It's it's all anonymous-based, um, and they anything goes as far as posting. Is this, there. like, run by the FBI or something? Ah, probably. Yeah, with, yeah. no doubt. Also, in the interest of protecting the show, just real quick, I will say that I have no side in the the 4chan and 7chan war, so please just ignore us. Trump's just banned. Yeah. That's true. No, I actually, I've heard of you guys, but I really don't care one way or the other, so yeah. Cool. And I wish you both well, and I'm sure you're both, both sides are right. Some blogs that I think saw this stuff on 7chan started to do research, none of which I can find actual links to, but I can follow dead links to, so I don't think these blogs exist anymore. Which is fine. It's uh, been 10 years. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I don't expect them to. I think they started doing research in late 2008, 
Then in spring of 2009, one of the bloggers was able to find um, one remaining post, uh, spam post, thanks to Google, because Google has actually retained public archives of a lot of Usenet stuff. So it, there was only one surviving piece of this copy of the spam on mm-hmm, the interwebs. Mm-hmm, that was mm-hmm. it. And the one that we read, that was it. Yeah. There were a couple so, that they found that weren't, that didn't have the subject line that just had one word maybe interspersed. But of this, this specific one, there's only the one that exists still. So we, we've retained one copy of this spam message mm. and one copy of the smallpox. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's that kind of thing. Well, it's yeah. important, I think, to preserve this for, you know, I don't know if there's one yet, but there's should be a museum of spam on the internet. I agree. Yeah, there totally ought to be. And there will be if there, there isn't be. one already. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, we but start that. Yeah, actually, it's a good idea. I like so it. So Google does have a public archive of like Usenet stuff. It's pretty interesting, actually. You can actually get a, a bit of a sense of what it was like a little bit. The message was from, again, because they had to have the email address associated with this, from uh, Susan Lindauer at w-o-r-f dot u-w-s-p dot e-d-u whose like display name was chris brokerage actually but that's interesting it seems that within maybe a week of the discovery of this email address being connected to that original spam post the wikipedia page was taken down this this bit of spam for Mm -hmm. this email address Mm -hmm. this is from august it's from that august 5th 96 state okay that they all hit the the big batch happened okay yep the action of deleting this wikipedia page was kind of swift i mean they do have this action in the wikipedia process that's called swift deletion and it's for things that are really really offensive or awful and that usually they usually get within 24 hours they'll delete those but why this one i mean because but this one they didn't do that but they did within a week. Which is actually pretty swift for Wikipedia because, I mean, I've, I've watched them, you know, I've, I've watched or looked at some of the logs of mm-hmm. the various debates over, gee, should we delete this or not? Yeah. Sometimes it, the debate can go on for a while. Yeah, eons. so the way that yeah, this one... Yeah, not eons, but a while. The know? way that this one happened is two Wikipedia users suggested that the article be deleted less than tw- within less than 24 hours of each other, and then less than a week after that it was permanently deleted. So somebody who knew Susan, maybe? Uh, maybe. I don't know. And Joe kind of dropped a little bit of a bombshell, but oh, some sorry. of you may be yelling at me right now because I've totally glossed over that email address. Okay. I'm going to start right here with a caveat that says, this episode is not about 9-11. This episode is not about 9-11. This episode is not brought to you about 9-11. It's not about truthers. It's not about anything like that. So don't send us emails about that stuff. We're just talking about this one person. Don't mm. go Who crazy. Who happens to be involved. Okay. Yeah, actually, we do have an email address. If you want to talk about 9-11, uh, it's called bouncing right back to you at gmail.com. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and if you don't get through right away, keep trying. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, you can reach us there for sure. Yeah, definitely. It'll get straight to us. Yeah. Okay, but fine. The name Susan Lindauer may be familiar to you in that she is an anti-war activist and intense conspiracy theorist. Mm, Very much so. She has also been a journalist, a U.S. congressional staffer, and she is an author. Susan is the daughter of former Republican nominee for the governor of Alaska. And his name was also Susan? No. Okay. Um, She started out as a journalist... 
and then worked as a congressional staffer for two Oregon reps, actually. Congressman. Peter yes. DeFazio, Ron Wyden. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, actually, and Wyden's a senator now, too, by the way. He is, and he's great. Um, no, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> then um, she, she was the press secretary for two other Democrats in in congress until 2002 yeah something happened between 2001 and 2002 yes. i'm not sure not something quite about sure like what. a bend yeah um, yeah, so, yeah. We'll, we'll get there joe yeah. in 1994 just after finishing up working for senator what or uh, sorry it was congressman wyden at that point uh she started to socialize with some people most notably dr richard fuiz I think that's how it's pronounced, yeah. Yeah. Who is famous mostly for his patents. Uh, Yeah, I got to say, you know, this guy has a wiki page, and Mm -hmm. he is what truly a a renaissance man, I would Mm -hmm, say, mm because he's a physician, also an inventor, and Mm -hmm. a very successful businessman. Yep. And apparently a spy. Yeah, Um, he's somehow apparently connected to the U.S. counterintelligence. Can can I just say something about the the whole renaissance man thing? mm -hmm. He may actually just be very good at getting his name on patents, Joe. That might be it, too. I work at a place that files a lot of patents, and there are certain guys who you can tell get uh, consulted on things all the time and therefore get their name on it because there's no way with the work that I know that they do that they could have that many freaking patents Mm. In in a short yeah. period of time. Well, it it might be Renaissance man. It's maybe overstating a little bit. But okay. all, I, all I want to say is this guy really. It's had, an impressive. He's got an, an impressive, impressive resume. List, he's got yeah. his fingers in a lot of pies. Okay. I mean, really, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Yeah. So for reasons I'm not totally clear on, Susan and Richard started meeting on a weekly basis to discuss diplomatic ties and Richard's, quote, infiltration, unquote, of a network of Syrian terrorists. I've read that Susan referred to Richard as her, quote, contact in the CIA, unquote, and that some, when someone asked him if he was, in fact, in the CIA, he said that he could neither confirm or deny that, and he couldn't discuss it further. Yeah, which usually means that he's never been no, anywhere never near the CIA. Yeah. Although in this guy's case, not necessarily so. So I'm just going to go ahead and pause right here and say that I literally cannot tell what is truth and what is fiction when it comes to Susan. So or Richard, I'm just going to say... Richard, some say, of the things he says, I'm, I question. So I'm just going to say all of it and let you be the boss of deciding what you believe and what you don't believe. Uh, Susan started to claim that she had been harassed after meeting with Libyan officials to tell them that she didn't think they were responsible for the Flight 103 bombing in 1988, which was the Lockerbie bombing. Yeah, big big thing. Yeah, I'm shocked that suddenly she was getting harassed. Yeah. telling people that she didn't think they were responsible for it. See, yeah, she was sure that uh, the Gaddafi was framed for the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Eventually, eventually, Gaddafi did acknowledge responsibility for the whole thing. Okay. He did. Susan was sure that neither Libya nor Syria were blamed for that incident. In 2000, when W was elected... George, George W. George W. Bush. Bush. He selected Susan's second cousin as his chief of staff... Uh, apparently, she went a little crazy. Uh, the second cousin or Susan? Susan went a little crazy. The second cousin was a guy and started leaving him. Um, his name was Card. Um, started leaving him letters on his doorstep, basically offering to use her, quote, intelligent contacts, unquote, to negotiate a way out of the war in Iraq. 
Mm. Which everybody saw coming at that point. Yeah. Yeah, that was like three years away, but hey, okay. Yeah. You may have guessed it already because I kind of hinted that before, but Susan is indeed a 9-11 truther, quote unquote truther, and she's been very vocal. She claims, as others do, that she had knowledge of the attack prior to it happening and she was ignored, I guess. Richard, for his part, Dr. Richard. Richard, please. Mm-hmm. Uh, stopped talking to her after uh, 9-11, basically saying that her views on 9-11 were malicious. Uh, he also, another quote I, got, I heard from him was that her, said her talk had, had taken a, what was the word, seditious bent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he didn't even want to be um, speaking with her anymore. And then in 2004, she was arrested by the FBI for acting as an unregistered agent of a foreign government. So it seems like she was maybe talking to some of the people she said she was talking to, though it was probably not as in much of a government capacity as she said it was. And so she uh, came back and actually said, no, I'm actually a CIA asset um, and they're, you know, throwing me under the bus to hide something about 9-11. They knew. Of course they did. Right. So she was held about a year um, and then she was declared unfit to stand trial because she had a lengthy delusional history. Delusions of grandeur. Yeah. And um, apparently there were some meds that she could have taken to, to make her fit, but she said, no, I'm not taking those pills. I'm not crazy. And the prosecution really lobbied to have her mm-hmm. yeah. that administered forcibly. Yeah. yeah. And then finally in 2009, basically the feds decided, yeah. you know what? This is not worth our time and energy, so we're just going to drop all the charges against her. It makes you wonder why Doctor Richard Fleece was willing to spend so much time, like hanging out with her. She was, but you know, I mean, I'm not really sure. But I tell you all of this, not because this episode is about 9/11. But there was but that Susan Lindauer with the email address. There was. Yeah. So there are a couple theories, really two, two big theories. Yeah. Three. There are three theories about the Markovian parallax denigrate. But first, let's take a break. Ooh, a break. Yeah, I can pee. Opal has wants and needs. She wants your attention. She wants her food. She needs to destroy the squirrel that lives in the tree in front of her house. It would be fantastic if Opal could talk back to you, though. When you sit on the couch together and you tell her about your day, she looks at you with that understanding face, but the closest she comes to giving you valuable feedback is rubbing her head against you. And maybe just talking to Opal isn't enough. Maybe it's time to talk to another person. If you've ever thought about going to therapy, but found it too inconvenient, too expensive, or just too embarrassing to make it into an office, then give Talkspace a try. Talkspace is the online therapy company, and they make it easy to connect with a licensed therapist, handpicked just for you, for as little as $32 a week. Using Talkspace, you can text, audio, and video message your therapist as much as you want. Your Talkspace therapist can listen to you vent about work or family or explore relationships with people around you and help put you on a path to a happier life. To sign up or learn more, go to Talkspace.com sideways And as a special offer to our listeners, you can use the coupon code SIDEWAYS to get $30 off your first month. That's SIDEWAYS at Talkspace.com slash SIDEWAYS. Opal's needs are pretty simple because she's a cat. Yours aren't because you're a human. And we're back. Let's talk about theories. Let's. Please. 
<sighs> Since we were just talking about old Susan. I don't think she'd like to be referred to as old. Yeah. It was old. I don't know how old oh. she is. Oh, O-L-E. the O-L, um, O-L-E. Well, yeah. By the O-L-E. way, Susan. Oh, yeah. Is she still alive? Yes. Yeah, does she have a website? Yeah. She's yeah, and she's on a whole bunch of she's websites. She's on the she's circuit. She's alive and kicking and, and hosting talks, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. talking about nine eleven and the truth and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Or well, at least her story. So the first theory we're going to talk about is Susan really was a CIA asset, and she was posting coded messages on Usenet as early as ninety six. Susan was apparently actually meeting with. Middle Eastern diplomats. So that's what got her in trouble. This yeah. is, but this is actually like in her official capacity, or just meeting with people. That's a good question, Joe. According yeah. to her, it was an official capacity as a back channel contact for yeah. the CIA. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, she will. If you watch her videos, which I really tried to watch. They're hard to get through. They're hard to Uh, get through. She repeats a lot of the same words over and over and over as if the repetition of the word increases the truth of it. Mm -hmm. But she kept using the word back channel uh, a lot. And that was how she was uh, contacting. I think she talked to not Iran. It was Iraq. Mm -hmm. Um, And apparently got some money for doing so. Mm -hmm. Though she from the Iraq. Yeah. Denied. Mm -hmm that she got money, which mm-hmm. is one of the things that landed her in hot water. Yeah. Because it appears she did not fill out the proper IRS form, which I had the number of written down and I don't have any more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, I can't tell what's true and what's not when it comes to her. So, and the other thing that people point to is that the revelation of Susan's name being attached to that spam does seem to coincide with the apparent wiping and or totally discrediting of the Wikipedia page and anything online mm-hmm. regarding it. So Susan, maybe. What was Susan or doing in August of 1996 is what I want to know, because that seems like that would be when the important thing went down. Mm-hmm. It would be. Yeah. And as far as I can tell, she wasn't doing of anything of note at that point. Is that correct? She was working for Karen Mosley Braun. Uh, Carol. Carol. Sorry, Carol Mosley Braun, who was at the time a senator for Illinois. Is that true? Yep. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. but, but the senator that she was working for didn't have any kind of nefarious CIA or black ops kind of seat on uh, some counselor she, or anything that we knew about? Now, she uh, she was actually a one-termer, and she was considered kind of a lightweight, and she wasn't really letting her anything too serious. She was she too was, new to start yeah. with? No, yeah. she was in Senate from 93 to 99. Which is one Senate term. They're six, they're six-year oh, God, terms. that's right. I always yeah. forget. That's so sad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So, no, but that doesn't necessarily mean that Susan wasn't doing other stuff. Doing other stuff. Okay, okay. She okay. could have been, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. All She'd right, been around right, the I'll... hill for a while, so. Oh, okay, yeah. I mean, that's two years that she's been talking to uh, to Mr. Robert Fweez or uh, Freeze or however yeah, you say yeah, his name. Yeah, Mr. Fweez, the yeah. doctor. Yeah. Um, yeah, so um, on the other hand, Susan is kind of guano crazy, so. A little bit, yeah. I don't know if I trust that. She, uh, she and uh, Carol Mosley Braun would have been a good fit, actually. She's now Ambassador to Samoa. Yeah. Yeah. The, the senator. Yeah. yeah. She was mm-hmm. ambassador to somewhere else before, too. Somewhere not important. Yeah. Yeah. Like Samoa. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm Samoa really sorry. Samoa is important. It is. Don't, don't be well, mean. If yeah. you're a Samoan, it's really important. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. So Paying next a lot theory. Of resources down there. Yeah. Actually, ne- seriously. Next theory. Mm-hmm. All right. Go ahead. What's that? Susan has nothing to. This is a long theory title. I'm sorry. Uh, Susan has nothing to do with this because Susan Lindauer isn't really that weird of a name. And also there was one of those working at the university that that email address is registered to at the time. So um, the website or the the university that that spam was sent from the Mm -hmm. the email address where that was registered at was the University of Wisconsin Stevens Point. Yeah, uwsp.edu. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. and in spring sense. of 1995, there's articles uh, talking about this program that one Susan Lindauer, different Susan Lindauer, What's was in charge name? of organizing. It, there's there's like proof in the you know there's academic journals written about her studies that she was doing there, so we know that she was there at that time. That's where that web address is located. So it's not unreasonable to assume that it was just a hacked email address. Makes sense to me. Yeah. So it had nothing to do with crazy, crazy Susan Lindauer. Just, mm-hmm. yeah. It was just somebody, a coincidence somebody that it was the same name. used Susan's. Yeah, mm-hmm. quite, quite possible. But on the other and hand. And also, she's, she's, she might be actually have a Usenet logon. Mm-hmm. But being somebody who was employed more in the physical education part of things. And yeah, not, and not the more techy computer science end of things. Might not have actually used it at all, or not used it much, and definitely was not tech savvy enough to not let her email address fall into the wrong hands. It's totally maybe. possible. Oh, I got to yeah. tell you, I had a I had an email address at that time that was assigned to me from mm-hmm. a university, mm-hmm. and I would check it once every week or four mm-hmm. at the library. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah me too. It was like yeah. why why Susan, would I? Susan you know, might have gotten this email address and never used it ever. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, yeah, that happens a lot. Oh yeah, yeah it especially back does. in those days. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and she was, um, just in case anybody's wondering about this, Susan, she worked on a program to, um, it was basically children's physical education for um, children who were delayed for whatever reason, mentally delayed. Developmentally? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she's uh, she was an assistant instructor in the SNAP program, whatever. What's a SNAP? Was. I don't know. Final theory. Yeah? Do you guys know who um, Mark V. Shanley is? Shaney? I actually do. Do you, Joe? Do you know who Mark V. Shaney is? Totally. I went to school with him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, He was a user on the Usenet forum uh, net.singles. He was also the very first, as far as I can tell, AI bot. As far as far as I know, um, and he was based on a what's called a Markov chain. Do you know what a Markov chain is? I, you know, I've heard of it, but you know, if you go out and read about the Markov chains, it's pretty esoteric stuff. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I have a what I would call a very a very sort of general mm-hmm. understanding of what it is. But I would say yeah, abstract. Yeah, but mm-hmm. it's it's a uh... basically it just generates random things. It's and a it formula for random other things that people have written, and that's about it. Well, the, a Markov chain bot is that, but a Markov chain is like a mathematical process. Assemblage of words? Of, of anything. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I, th- I think. That's my okay. understanding of it. But it's it's, yeah, words, it's yeah. almost like a chain of events mm-hmm. is one way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and so uh, the next event depends on the present event, but not the present event does not necessarily depend the relationship between past, present, and future, there's not necessarily a chain. So let me simplify it's, this. Yeah. There's a tree, <laughs> and there is a Kleenex. 
and one eventually turned into the other. What happens in the middle? Don't know. Don't really care. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. It's kind of that. Yeah. Uh, kind of. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. But uh, the Markov chain bot is, uh, um, yeah, it's a mathematical procedure that computers can use to create relatively realistic looking text. With some great responses. Humor. Yeah. Given, um, based on some given data. So we've, we've actually seen a lot of those. Um, that robot that was a Microsoft, the Twitter thing that like turned into a like, Nazi. <laughs> oh, 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 that one just recently. Yeah, everybody the, like, went out and girl. taught it really, really bad habits. <laughs> yeah, so, so she's it. a very advanced version of a yeah. Markov chain bot. Yeah. Very advanced, but it's so sad what the internet did to that poor robot. Yeah, it's really yeah. sad. Yeah. That robot will never be the same. Yeah. No, no, I, I don't think that robot exists anymore. Mm. But uh, that's basically that sort of thing. Um, and Mark, actually, going back to that's Mark, Mark V. Shaney. Mark V. Shaney, um, he's actually pretty successful, but he was prone to saying things like, "I spent an interesting evening recently with a grain of salt." <laughs> Yeah. I say stuff like that yeah. all the time. I mean, uh, I've read some of the other stuff that he, he said, and realistically, it could have, I mean, it was early internet days. It could have just been like a really quirky, awkward dude on the other end. Yeah. Or maybe even somebody who like English wasn't their first language. True. But he was pretty convincing. Um, Did he get a lot of dates? I noticed he was he was on net.singles on yeah. Usenet, right? Mm-hmm. I don't well, think There's a story a about people who thinking that Mark was real were at some gathering and was overheard by one of the people who had created Mark V. Shaney saying, I wonder if Mark V. Shaney is going to be here. <laughs> so yeah. people, people bought into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And we see these bots. I mean, you see the screen captures of like Tinder bots, for instance, right? I mean, that's, this is the same sort of thing, but uh, those must be the ones that never show up for their dates with me. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's kind of pain. It's sad. Yeah. If so, you stop giving me your credit card. Yeah. Is that it? I okay. mean, so, you know, we're talking Markovian, Parallax, Denigrate. Is it Denigrate? You think it's, yeah, Denigrate. Yeah. You're, you're thinking that uh, it was just something was sent up by a bot? I kind of do, actually. I mean, M- Markov is in the name already, right? And, you know, something being Markovian is like a gener- random generated string of stuff. And yeah, I don't know. I just like that makes sense to me. That makes a lot of sense to me that it could just be this bot. And it, you know, was named something tongue in cheek and it just kind of went off the rails a little bit. But that to me makes the most sense. I know we've just spent the last almost hour talking about covert counterintelligence in the CIA, but I don't think. So, but Steve has well, that look on his face. I uh-huh. tried to decode this. Oh, how'd that Just work out like for the you? rest of the internet. How did that go for you? Uh, quite boringly mm-hmm. uh, and not very effectively mm-hmm. because I looked at it and was figuring it was a, um, what is a cipher where it's not, it's like a word switch. In other words, you put, so uh, in here there's Gennaro as in Rio de Janeiro, as in the city by the river. Uh And so I was like, oh, well, that must mean river. So they're plugging a word in, so it's a replacement. Mm. So I started playing with that. I started thinking about that, too. Like, jitterbugging is a dance. McKinley and Abe are presidents. Right, right. Newtonian is physics. I I did it for a while because I was curious, not that I expected to be the genius that cracked it after all this time, but just to see if there was anything there. And it's just enough. Hmm. It's 
just enough to pull you in. And I, I made the mistake of laying it out so that I could put three or four words under each one, you know, my guesses of what that word meant. Mm -hmm. And then very quickly I began to build a sentence Mm -hmm. and I was like, oh my God, I've got it. Uh, what I had gotten was confirmation bias. Mm-hmm. I will admit this I was freely say, right at the beginning. It's real interesting. <laughs> I mean, you know, you can find the meaning in words connected pretty easily. Yeah, and and so I, I see why people are so curious. What I am sad about is that only this one string of, uh, what is it, 6, 12, 18, 24, uh, 30-some words are remaining mm-hmm. because I would like to see other instances of it just to see how they're assembled, you know, because if it truly was a code, you, you can't break the code with just the the ciphertext. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, you don't know what the encryption algorithm is. Right. I mean, one of the things that occurred to me was that uh, the number of letters in each one of these words could represent just a number, which mm-hmm. is, of course, the number of a letter in the alphabet. But then we need to know the book it's tied to. Well, or... not necessarily. No, it could be a simple substitution of cipher with, with numbers. But I just did a quick glance at it, and I realized doing a very, very often back-of-the-envelope character counting mm-hmm. uh, that it couldn't be that. Because it's uh, gibberish. Well, yeah, I mean, well... You got a lot of real big words in there. There's a number of large words, very few small ones, and anything like that, there's going to be a lot of representations of the letter E, and then after that, the letter A. So a lot of words are the same length, and you don't see very many of those in here. So, okay, that's out. And and that's as much time as I wanted to spend on it. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, there, this could actually be a code, but I think it's something else entirely. What do you think it is? Uh, it's just a big, fat chunk of text. Yep. <laughs> and, and it could have been um, actually an attempt to... There's, I, you can think of a couple of different possibilities here. Well, one, of course, is it's just somebody wanting to annoy a lot of people mm-hmm. by sending out this big, fat chunk of text and, and, and you know, tying things up. It could have been also an attempt to break the network. Yep. Just let's see how much stress this network can take. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the way, like uh, WebDriver Torso. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know what that is, right? No. It's the those videos that were getting six uploaded seconds? like insanely fast to YouTube. They were like six seconds and they were just like a tone and like blocks of oh, color. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and it mean. turned out that it was Google just testing how robust the system of YouTube is. Exactly. I mean, that's, you know. I kind of want to thinking about mm-hmm. this. So it could have been a way to map the network and see, well, where's this going to go if I send this out? Who, how many people, where exactly is it going to go? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's kind of a mapping thing, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Or, like you say, a stress test. Could yep. have been that. Or it could have been a prankster. Mm-hmm. But, and I never did bother to actually count the number of characters in here to see if it was precisely like 255. Looks like more than 255, actually. But, you know, exactly how, it, you know, if the length of the, the actual text block means anything at all. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. Again, yeah. if I were less lazy, I would have counted the character, the number of characters and found that out. Yeah, but I don't think it's worth it. <laughs> no, well, and, I don't and think again, so. the, the problem is with only one set of words, mm-hmm. you, you're grasping at threads. Pretty if you had two or three more that were of different set, uh, different words, then maybe you could try to draw some conclusions, but you're you're literally just in the dark. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. I mean, without without the decryption algorithm, if there even is one. Mm-hmm. I mean, this could be a, a, a really super deep one where the actual text itself means nothing whatsoever, but the code is actually in who it went to. 
And I'm I mean, guessing that Susan Lindauer, the uh, 9-11 lady, it has nothing to do with it. Uh, no, I would, I would agree with not. that. Yeah, I'd yeah. say definitely not. That is just the internet loving a coincidence. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So, yeah, as far as decoding this, I'm going to give it another 10 seconds, and that's about it. Yep, there you go. Done. Yeah, I just don't know. There might actually be an encrypted message in here somewhere. I'm too lazy to find it. I don't think there is. I, I doubt it. Yeah. Okay. Wait a second. We haven't talked about aliens. Are you going like, to you know, just wrap this whole thing up without talking about aliens? I was going to. Okay. Yeah. What about them? I was going to wrap it up without talking about aliens. Oh, okay. Fine, fine, fine. All right, go ahead. Wrap it up then. Okay, well, sorry to anybody who wanted this to be a super exciting conspiracy episode. Uh, I think there could be something in there, but I just don't think it is. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree. It'd be nice, then there might be, but probably not. But probably not, yeah. Uh, well, there will be some links to our research um, on the website. That website is thinkingsidewayspodcast.com. Uh, you can download and listen to us off iTunes if you're doing that. Uh, you know, subscribe, leave a comment and a rating. Uh, you can stream us pretty much everywhere, including Google Play at this point. Uh, we are on social media. We've got a group and a page on Facebook. We've got a Twitter, which is Thinkin' Sideways, not Thinking Sideways. And we have a subreddit that's just called Thinking Sideways. If you have suggestions, comments, questions, anything like that, you can feel free to send us an email as well. That email address is thinkingsidewayspodcast at gmail.com. Or if you want to be super sneaky and talk about the, the, the bimbo on the show, which I know you're talking about me and it's bim bad, you can send it there as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Keep trying. Yep. I, uh, I totally saw through that. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to buy merchandise, you can do that on our website. Um, we've got shirts, mugs, stickers, kind of anything you could possibly want. There's links to our Zazzle and our Redbubble stores on the right-hand side of the website. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's all high quality. Uh, maybe, I don't know. I hope it is. <laughs> we hope. Yeah. yeah. Nobody's complained yet. Yeah, yeah. dishwasher safe, I think. Uh, <laughs> microwave safe? I, is... I don't know about that. I'm not sure. I don't think the stickers are microwave safe. Yeah. I don't think so either. Um, well... All of that having been said, I think we're going to go ahead and just uh, get on out of here. Yeah. I jitterbugging Abe something. Yeah. Damn it. You yeah. took away what I was going to say. Oh, sorry, man. I, oh, I'm going to use a back channel. It's a back uh, channel. Back channel. Uh, toodle, everybody. Bye. Thinking Sideways is not brought to you by a severed head. Oh, yes, it is brought to you by a severed head.